All right. What's up, sir? How you doing today? I'm doing awesome. Excellent. Welcome to the Loving Love Podcast. It's f- Yo, I'm finally glad. To, I mean, like, I'm happy that you're finally here, dude. I don't know how else to say this without sounding sexual. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Introduce yourself to the audience, please. My name is Eddie Park. Nice. Uh, yes. A pleasure. I'm sure you guys have heard uh, Eddie Park before. You know, he's he's been mentioned here quite a few times. Mostly in negative ways. No, of course. There's been a few positives. Probably not. A, f- a few. Well, you don't have to uh, lie. You don't have to lie. That's fair. That's fair. That's all goody, man. So, what's up, man? So, let's get started, man. Let's jump into our free topic. You already know the rules, so let's yep. get started, man. What are we going to talk about today? Talk about how fucking good life is. Ah, I love it. I love it. You all know right. what, man? Um, we were talking before about bucket lists. Yeah. And as a child, um, I had a lot of anxiety and... Um, I had a lot of fear, and one of my bucket list items was to be super satisfied with life. Okay. Not like, I realized happiness was a crest in the amplitude of life. Oh my gosh, did I just really say that? I apologize. I apologize. Dude, that's what I want, man. Okay, well, what I meant was, what I mean is that happiness isn't constant. Happiness is peaks. Right, there are peaks in the valleys, right? And I just want to be satisfied because I feel like satisfied is like the best fit line, is like the average. And if you can be satisfied and understand that satisfaction, that's all I want to be. That was my biggest bucket list mm. to be satisfied. I, I no longer want to be like, oh my god, so awesome! Oh my god, I didn't want to be that way. I just wanted to be super stoked. About life. And I know when I say super stoked, that means like I'm reaching peak. No, I mean like I don't want to die. I'm really stoked about where I'm at right now. And that's been a bucket list of mine. And you know what's funny thing is I don't think that's something that you can reach. It's something that you always work on. And as I get older, I'm fucking old, yo. Well, okay. I apologize to the older people. (laughs) But I am... You don't have to say your age for the record. I am older than most people that have probably been on this podcast. Okay. Right? And uh, what I've realized is that it's a, a continuing journey mm. to be that way. But it's something to work on. You know, it's not like something that, it's not like a bucket list item in the traditional sense where you reach it and then you're done with it. It's more of a bucket list item that you live your life by. Right. Hey. So kind of like a, uh, like a, what's the best way to say it? Like a life... Well, just kind of like living like your life to the fullest, right? No, it's a life objective. Okay. It's still an objective to live that way. Right. But constantly. Okay. Yeah. But you just got finished saying that like, you know, you know, happiness is going to go up and up and down. Sure. It's going to be stagnant Mm -hmm. in in some ways. And yeah. So and and when that happens, like when life like hits you, right. And it gets you down low again. Like, how do you get high again? Like you personally. Gratefulness. Okay. Um, I realized that I got better than most people. Right. And um, actually, me and my brother-in-law, we talked about this. It sounds really, uh, I fucking hate this saying, but first world problems. Have right. you ever heard people yeah, say yeah. that? I, I, I used to, when I first heard that, I oh, it made my skin just crawl. Right. But when I think about it from my perspective, it is first world problems. Yeah. Basically, what it is, I think. I think maybe you get upset like by the context of it. Yeah, yeah that's, I do. that's what it is. Okay, I yeah, do. That makes You're sense. Absolutely right. Yeah, but I feel like if I have this opportunity in my life right now, there are two things I can do. 
I can help other people that don't have this opportunity. Right. Or, and I can live this life that I've been given. If you want to believe in luck, if you want to believe in uh, faith, if you want to believe in destiny, whatever, whatever. I believe that I should live these opportunities to the fullest. Hmm. Because why wouldn't you? Look who doesn't have these opportunities. Right. You know what I'm saying? So uh, it's it sounds really like uh, like a first world problem or feels sounds very privileged. But I really do believe that if you have this life, if you have these opportunities, being born and raised where you were born and raised, you and I are both being born and raised in North America or right. we've, we've had the advantages of being part of that kind of society. Right. We should live it to the fullest and don't be all like hating. Don't be all like depressed about it. And I, I know I understand depression is a different topic, but be grateful for what you got. Yeah. No, I absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. I mean, because like you said, like going back to like the root, you know, thing, like we do have it better than a lot of people in the world. And we should take advantage of that. Um, and of course, you know, we can help as much as we can. But ultimately, you know, you should enjoy life for, you know, what it is. And, uh, you know, it's going to be have its ups and downs. But as long as you can enjoy it before you're, you know, before you kick the bucket, I'd say that's a pretty good thing. You know, honestly, like the things that you and I get to do in this country it's pretty amazing, right? Oh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, hands down. Hands down, for sure. And Korea is a great country. Korea is a great country. Many of these things, for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, man. I, you know. So, let me ask you then, like, you know, when you, um, when you said gratefulness earlier, like, you know, you are grateful, you know, that's how you get from your low back to your high. Um, who do how do you show your gratefulness like do you just like kind of sit down and think about it and you're just like you know what i should be grateful for these things or do you like talk to people or do you do something in in general to kind of like you know remind you of like why you should be living this like this positive life and this good life well before i before we start that conversation i should just put this out there i am a religious person even though many people look at me and like what you're religious blah 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 right and like a lot of people have these preconceived notions that because i'm religious i should act in a certain way right but the thing is with religion is that you're trying to achieve perfection Mm -hmm. knowing that you will never achieve perfection exactly and so that's what people have got to understand just because i say i'm religious and stuff it doesn't mean i'm going to abide by those religious rules all the time right like one rule that I might abide to all the time is I'm not going to fucking kill someone. Right. Right. That might be one thing. But the thing is, I'm always trying to achieve it. It's not that I have achieved it. And that's one thing that annoys me about people who criticize people that are trying to achieve that is like, hey, we all make mistakes. Uh, A fundamental tenet of religion, well, my religion, Christianity, is that we are not perfect and therefore we need an avenue for forgiveness for not being perfect. Right. Right. And so, I mean, that's just in the basic tenets of it. Right. So I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm nowhere close to perfect, but I would like to be. And what does that mean? I would like to be really good to people. I would really like to be a good person and be able to change all this stuff, but I can't. And I probably fail a whole bunch of times, but why judge me on that? Right. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. Okay. So to answer your question, how do I uh, be grateful? So first of all, I'm grateful to um, God for giving me the situation that I've given. 
and that manifests itself into me being more positive and manifests itself to me talking to people about like hey man you got to try this it's really great or it manifests itself to me taking people out and showing them um, how things can be really great without a religious context it doesn't have to be all religious like religion is for me i'm not going to push it on you if you want to ask me questions about it go ahead but for me that gratefulness manifests itself into like just being happier being a more um just spreading the news right. just spreading that feeling right of gratefulness because you know what there's a lot of fucking shit in the world dude yeah it's a lot true. of shit in the world mm. you know what i re- you know what's really funny so for you guys who don't know i'm canadian and um whenever i go back home recently in the last two years that i've been back home um it's been really negative dude it's been really negative the funny thing is like in korea I can turn the background the background conversations off like I can just like turn it into white noise. So it's just like these conversations, these Korean conversations that I don't have to register. But back home I can't do that, right? Cuz I understand the language, right? And I hear a lot of anger, a lot of resentment. And it's when did that all happen? Mm. Right? Uh, maybe when I was growing up I was born and raised in a bubble that was really good and loving and all that stuff but more so these days when i go back home i hear a lot of resentment Mm. a lot of negativity and the funny thing is like for me north america canada has always been a place of like acceptance about positivity but things have changed right so how has it changed exactly like what are some of the negative conversations that you've been overhearing it's like team versus team it's like a fucking football game Ah, okay you know, when did that happen? It's like these Trump, lo- <laughs> <laughs> Trudeau. I know what. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm joking. I'm, no, no, I, I know you really are. Know I know you are. But you, but you're not the only person to say that non-jokingly. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. I. But I think like that. Mm, uh, that sentiment that Trump brings. Right. Is a result of bigger things. The sentiment that Trump brings and lets him in power is a result of bigger things. Right. You know? So I don't know how that happened. Um, I have a few theories. One theory is that the old ruling class or the old class that had power is no longer having power. And there's a change. There's a transition, which is a positive thing. And because there's this transition, because there's change, with any change, usually there's some resentment from one part of society of course yeah yeah damn dude i am so sorry i did not mean to get religious or political no bro this is the what are you talking about man do you keep doing your thing do me this is it yeah perfect yeah you do whatever you want bro but yeah um so i just feel like it should be part of my daily routine to try to be positive and to express that positivity because this life is pretty fucking awesome yeah i agree absolutely agree so with that being said, then I, I I'm curious like on your other theories because you said that you had a couple theories. I got a lot of theories. Bro. All right, so so tell me <laughs> at least a few of them, like the ones that you think like have the most validity. How about that? Have most validity. Hmm. You know, that would be like logical. Where like you know a fairly intellectual person would be like, you know what? I see what he means. I All think right. there's evidence to back it up. Here's a game I used to. Uh, I still play actually. Not used to. I, here's a game I play when I go back home. The game is called. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. The game is called. This Where happens in Korea. 
Oh, I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good one. Okay. So there's a lot of expats, foreigners, whatever you want to call them, that come to Korea and like complain about a whole bunch of shit. Like, oh, Losers. these Ajashis are so angry. They never smile. <laughs> and then I go home every summer. Yeah. I go see my family every summer. Yeah. And I see the same shit. Mm. I see the same shit. All right. It's just in a different form. Mm. Okay. So, for example, me and my nephews and my father. We're all people of visible color. Mm. I don't even think of myself as a color, but anyways, whatever. Um, we're all visible people that are non-European. Right. All right. So we're playing golf. A very European-centric sport. Right. We're playing golf. We're abiding by the rules. My dad's a big stickler about golf rules. Big stickler. He's a huge golf guy. So we're abiding by the rules. And then this fucking old... Euro culture dude, I don't know, white dude. Okay, he's fucking chipping balls over our head. Ooh, wait, isn't that extremely dangerous? Yeah, dude. Okay, I was gonna say super yeah. Ex- dangerous. Yeah, I don't care how good you are, it's still dangerous. You don't chip balls over. Okay, my nephew's fucking. He's fourteen years old. Right. All right, my dad's seventy four. All right, you don't chip balls over people's head like that. You know, and I'm just like, yeah, that would happen in Korea. Because we're all the fucking same. Right. You know, we're, people are all the same. It's just different. It's, it seems different on the superficial level. It just seems different, but it isn't. Mm. We're all the same, dude. Like, greed is the same. Anger is the same. Love is the same. Happiness is the same. We're all the same people. It's just like we border ourselves and we put ourselves in these little boxes called countries. We put ourselves in these little boxes called culture. Mm. But in, in fact, we're all the same. Yeah, I've always felt the same way. Like, I think that we actively work. I want to say actively, but it seems like we actively work to separate ourselves more than we actually try to unite to unite ourselves. Because, like you said, I mean, you can separate yourselves in a million different ways, right? Country, culture, and language, religion, like you know, just fucking oh, sports teams, like you name it, you can you can easily divide yourself. But when uniting, uniting, you know, each other is like the biggest problem. When it could be the easiest thing. It could be the easiest thing. You're it it right. really could be the easiest thing, but we, we would rather be divided. And, and I think like that kind of goes in with like individuality a little bit. But at the same time, like you can still be individualistic and still be united as a people. I agree. And I, and I think people have a problem realizing that. It's possible. So, yeah. You know, it, the, the thing is, it's like, I think you're right with the individuality aspect. But the, the funny thing is, it's like, you and I are from countries that, expound individuality right right but we're also from countries that will quickly group a segment of society into latinos oh yeah blacks of course whites right asian right we're, we're so quickly poor to do, we're rich s- yes you know. poor yeah and we're so quick to do that it's it's a hypocrisy that um that we got to get over yeah i know i agree absolutely agree it's it's to me it's like um it's like I've always tried to figure out like how to do it, right? How do you unify a people who constantly like to put themselves in these categories, who like to categorize themselves and like to be separated from everybody else? Because we like that shit, if you really think about it. You know, like it doesn't matter what it is, sports, colors, TV shows, you know, and then, of course, you get into like other major things, race, culture, religion. Like, how do you unify a people who want to be different? And want to be categorized and want to be special and unique all the time. That's really 
Duh, that's a tough question, dude. I, my answer to that, my quick answer to that is uh, common enemy. A yeah, common, common enemy. enemy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that'll do it. Yeah, that'll that's unify true. a country really, really quick. Yeah, that's true. But and then also on the other hand, it'll ostracize like a segment of that society. Exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah. So it ostracizes like that one specific enemy. Yeah. Whoever that is, yeah. even though they are just like you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you're still just like you at the end of the day. Yeah. 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 Actually, that briefly happened. Um. In the U.S. after 9-11. That happened That's after basically. World War II in Canada when we separated the Japanese, or even in the United States, when we separated the Japanese from their livelihood, when right. we put them in concentration, not concentration camps, but like war basically and Basically the equivalent, yeah, yeah, the equivalent yeah. of it. It's, it's happened. Yeah. It's, yeah, whatever. Anyways. Anyways, yeah. new topic. Yeah, no, Something <laughs> more positive. Holy jeez. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> what, what the fuck did we just get into? I don't know. I don't Holy know. Holy shit. All right, well, that's okay. This, so we're going to jump into your passions. My like, what, passions. What are you passionate about? Why are you passionate about it? How did it come to fruition? Like, shit like that. So, it's all you, baby. By the way, we're drinking. That's why you hear all this shit in the background. <laughs> because I'm trying to put this metal cap back onto this fucking glass bottle, and I'm failing, like, miserably. Just drink it. I'm trying just to. go. All right. All right, my passions. Uh, my passions are... Uh, the outdoors, you can pretty much sum it as that. The outdoors, anything to do with the outdoors, outdoor sports, um, sitting outdoors, just being outdoors. Um, yeah, the outdoors is my passion. The environment. Um, what are some of your favorite things to do outdoors? Um, you probably know I'm a rock climbing guide. I have my own rock climbing business. Yada yada yada. I'm not here to promote that. I just love rock climbing. I love mountain biking. I love hiking. I love surfing. I love anything to do with the outdoors. Anything where I'm touching the earth and being part of that earth. It's uh, it, it fills me with an incredible sense of um, satisfaction. Mm-hmm. It fills me with an incredible sense of joy. It fills me with an incredible sense of... Um, oh gosh, again, I'm going to get all hippie on you. It fills me with an incredible sense of oneness. Mm. Yeah. So, actually, I'm, I, I want to build on that a little bit further. So, two questions. First question... Do you feel more spiritually or religiously connected when you are outside in nature doing all these things? Um, maybe not religious or spiritual, but I do feel something more intangible. Okay. Uh, that I often have a hard time explaining, even though I've tried through my own writings, through my own um, yeah, ideas. Um. I do feel something very intangible that just satisfies me that I can't really uh, put a finger on. It just makes me feel way better. Right. Uh, and what about like, um, what would you recommend to other people? Because personally, I've always felt like that people do not get out enough and do not get out of nature enough. Um, you know, city life is very convenient. There's like, you know, a lot of conveniences that we have nowadays. And, you know, a lot of people try to keep up with the Joneses and that's cool and all. But I feel like people are dis- more disconnected from nature nowadays more than ever. And um, I don't know if you agree or not, but let's say, for example, if you had to tell people or, or if you had to, like, you know, try to convince people to get out, like, why do you think they should do it? Why should they leave their TV screen? Why should they leave their convenient lifestyle to go out in nature and kind of live like or even experience like an inconvenient lifestyle for even a few hours? It makes you feel more alive. Um Facing challenges makes you feel more alive. Uh. Um, nature is very unpredictable. Um, so when you get out there, it's just you and this super powerful force called nature. Um, 
understanding that you can't have control of your situation being without control all that kind of stuff it's um it's really incredible and and, and just knowing that there's something bigger than yourself all that kind of stuff all that kind of stuff mm. that and, and i'm barely touching the surface of that intangibility that i'm talking about um yeah just being out in nature and just like feeling like feeling a wave push you where's that wave coming from it's coming from a, a storm where's that storm coming from it's coming from uh wind currents that are colliding together creating a fucking storm and then all of a sudden you got these waves and all of a sudden these waves are pushing you and you're part of that push you're you're surfing that wave and you you're part of that whole cycle you're you're part of something that's so much greater than you uh that 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 gets me all like boner oh right. did i just say boner <laughs> no you didn't no. <clears throat> no no nope not at all what is a boner i don't know <laughs> That shit doesn't exist. Nope. No, but that makes sense though. I mean, like, and I, I think that like, um, what's the best way to say it? I, I would, I would say that like, I think that again, kind of go back into like that disconnection, right? Of like, you know, I think sometimes we forget that we are actually a part of the bigger picture, right? And I think that we get kind of lost in our own lives where we don't realize that we are a part of the cycle of life. And uh, a part of the cycle of life is actually being in tune with nature and being in tune with our individual selves and like the things that we do on a regular basis, um, you know, but we are constantly bogged down by all of these external forces. And sometimes we invite them in. Right. You know, like social media and stuff like that. But other times it just kind of happens. Like, you know, life just happens. So but I don't I, don't, I mean, I can speak for myself and saying that, like, every time I've always immersed myself in nature in some way, shape or form, I've always come out a more free person a more relaxed version of myself and i'm definitely more like appreciative person of like you know this is nature it exists you know it is here for a reason i am here for a reason even though you may not understand it or even be able to um you know realize it at that point but it is there so i i agree one one thing like i've been part of the environmental movement since i was quite young uh like for example sierra club um environmental networks um, for a very short, brief moment, uh, uh, Greenpeace. And one thing that has always really annoyed me about those movements is that they think the human element is separate mm. from the natural environment. Right. We are part of it. Yeah, absolutely. We are 100% part of it. Right. Um, we are not above it. We are not below it. We are just part of it. Right. And that's always annoyed me about those kind of movements. So, and the reason why it's annoyed me, annoyed me is because just, we have to fix that basic level that we're at. We have to fix the human level because it's part of nature. So like people are like, oh, you got to recycle and all this stuff. Okay. Let's go beyond that. Let's go beyond the fact that we're so disconnected from our garbage. We're so disconnected from all the waste that we have. That's why we don't feel the touch of nature. Right. Um, but imagine that your garbage was in your front yard. Mm-hmm. Imagine all your feces, all that plastic, all that waste is in your front yard. You're going to do something about it, right? Yeah, of course. You're going to do something about it because you don't want that in your front yard. And that's why we not only we got to help the environment from our own mistakes, but we got to help each other. And I, I, I truly believe that if we help each other live 
live a life that's more satisfactory. I don't know how to say this. That I believe that the environment will get help. The environment will get better just as a consequence. Right. If you and I are really good, then eventually we'll make our environment really good. Mm. I don't know. No, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, like, even, like, hearkening back to what you were saying earlier, you know, like, I think humans, like, have this idea that we are superior to nature. When in reality, we are in nature. We are nature. We uh, we are no better than nature. We're not inferior. We're not exterior. You know, in, so we're not inferior. We're not superior. We are just, like, on the same level in a lot of ways. And um, I think that because, like, we have this superior attitude, attitude that we don't really take it seriously enough. And, again, like, because we, we find so, things, like, so many things convenient. Like, oh, all I got to do is just take out the trash on Tuesdays. And, like, that's it. Like, that's my job. Right? But we don't really know where that trash goes. And even for those people who are just like, oh, well, the trash goes to, like, whatever. Let's just say, like, China. The trash goes to China. There's whatever they fucking do there is whatever they do. I don't give a shit. Right? Because it's not in my front yard. But... We're not realizing the impact that we actually have. It doesn't matter where it's going. It could be down the street. It could be, you know, in a different state, a different country. It is going to have an impact on the environment, you know, in some way, shape, or form. And it is going to impact us in some way, shape, or form. We just don't realize it. You know, actually, you just said China. One thing I'm really stoked about is how China is no longer accepting garbage from other places. That's good. Yeah, dude. Yeah, that's, that's smart. Yeah, that's going to change shit. That, that will hopefully change shit. Because if they're not going to accept garbage... It's, for really cheap, then we got to start making our technology right focused on that kind of stuff. Right? Yeah, it's true. It forces everybody else to kind of like get their shit together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah because yeah. before, like, they were basically like, oh, we're just gonna send to China, fucking yeah. whatever they do, they do. But yeah, I know I agree. There's a disconnect between humans and nature that have has got to be reconnected. I believe it's like, for example, I mean, this is a really horrible example, or is it? But one of them is like meat. Mm-hmm. If you're not going to kill your own meat, should you be eating meat? Yeah. Right. We have this disconnect with meat and the killing of meat because we got butchers. We got the supermarket, right? But killing your own meat, it's not easy, dude. I remember the first time I went fishing. So I was super young. I don't remember how young I was, but I was super young. And uh, my dad and I, we went fishing. And I was so excited. I caught this fish. All right. And it was pretty big. Well, from what I remember, it was pretty big. And Dad's like, okay, kill it. And I was like, what? Kill it. And I couldn't, dude. I, I did not want to. And he's like, hit it. So I, I hit it, and it was still squirming. Right. It was still squirming. I was like, I, I couldn't do it. And I was like, he's like, kill it, Eddie. Kill it. And I couldn't. And so he killed it for me. Mm. Like, Killing your own meat is not an easy thing. Right. And I guarantee you a lot of people that who would need to kill their own meat would probably not and have a more vegetarian diet. <clears throat> Absolutely agree. I've said this before, I think on the podcast actually, that I think that if people actually had to slaughter and kill their own meat and like basically hunt for their own meat, for their own meat and all that other stuff, they would appreciate it a lot more. Hands well, down. And like you said, like they would probably consume a lot less. Yes. Yeah. And like garbage. Yeah, same thing. Yeah. So, uh, I was working in San Diego once. I was working for a uh, arborist. And every couple of days, we had to bring our uh, our, our cuttings, our, our branches to the, the dump. Right. It was a huge eye-opener. 
So I went to the San Diego dump, and every, like, maybe every three days, every two days, the, the landfill would change. They would move mountains because there was so much garbage coming into the landfills that they had to recycle the garbage, not recycle, they had to move the garbage so that the methane, uh, there, wouldn't be le- there wouldn't be so much methane buildup or they, they just have to move and make space. But mountains would move, dude. Mountains would move. And I was just so, so shocked by that. And I think that's the other thing. It's like we're so separated from our garbage. We're so separated from our waste that we don't actually realize how much waste we're creating. Right. You know? Yeah. And even with, like, electricity, too. Electricity and water and other things, it's the same shit. You know, we get the electricity bill, and what do we do? We bitch about it. Oh, so expensive. I ain't really use that much, you know. Right? And it just goes on forever. But in reality, like, you probably did use a lot. Yeah. Like, if you were to convert your electricity into, like, the amount of coal that you actually consumed, you know, and the same thing with water, like, how much fresh water you consumed, like, you know, by taking these long showers, which I'm completely guilty of, you know, baths and stuff like that, completely guilty of, absolutely. So I want you know, be like, oh, he's a hypocrite because people know me. But at the same time, like, you know, we do play a role, and I think that we have, like you said, we have separated ourselves from, like, our our connection to all those things, whether it be food, electricity, water, trash. I mean, the list goes on, you know? I actually want to touch on one point they said, that he's a hypocrite. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. That, that, that kind of relates back to the whole religion thing. Right. It's like, we are all hypocrites. A, a lot of us are. Okay, that might be a huge generalization, but I'm pretty sure that a whole bunch of us are hypocrites. <laughs> oh, <know>? yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. pretty sure. Yeah, it's a pretty good generalization, that's for sure. But it's not a matter about reaching that perfection of not creating waste. It's about trying not to create the waste. I think that's that's the goal. I think that's the objective. I think that's the journey. It's like trying, trying not to do those things. You know what I'm saying? It's not that we expect you to be perfect. We just expect you to have that consciousness to not to not do it on purpose or to have a consciousness of like you go to a supermarket and you got um, bottled water in a plastic bottle or bottled water in a glass bottle. Right. To be honest, glass is much easier to recycle. You just got to smash it down back to its particles, particles that sand. And do you do that? Yeah, it costs way more money, but that's the choice that you, that you do. And if you don't do it, okay, it's okay. Don't worry about it. But every now and then, just try. Right. You know what I'm saying? And it makes a big difference. It just does. try, you know? It does. It just, just try. It makes a huge difference. Trying makes a huge difference. No one's asking you for perfection. Well, at least I'm not asking you for perfection. Right. Just, I'm asking. Shit, I'm not either. Yeah. So that whole hypocrisy thing, like, people are so quick to judge about hypocrisy. Oh, you're not doing exactly. Oh, well, who is? Right. Right. Yeah, and everybody has a role in society too, right? And their role in society can mean a big thing. And, like, everybody can play that part in society. Like, everybody can recycle. Everybody can do this and everybody can do that. And it will make a significant difference. And I hear the argument all the time. Like, oh, well, it's just me. There's companies out here that are doing it, you know, 100 times, you know, more, much more than me on a daily basis. You know, like, my impact is not as much as theirs. Okay, fair point. Totally understand that. You know, and of course, like, you know, companies and businesses and corporations and all these, they should be regulated and they should, you know, not to get political, but there should be like boundaries to what they can and can't do without harming the environment, of course. But that doesn't mean that you and your neighbors and your family and your cousins and your friends and all these other people can't play a significant role. Just because these people are doing it, you know, doesn't mean that you can't 
or that these people are doing it, you know, to a much higher scale doesn't mean you can't apply yourself and actually try to contribute to, you know, the uh, the healing or the repairing or the proper care of like the earth and the environment. So, I mean, at least in my opinion. No, I mean, no one's asking for perfection, dude, and we're never going to reach it. So, but the best we can do is try. Try your best. Try your best. 100%, baby. Come on, baby. That's fair. And right now, I'm trying to be my best not to be a complete idiot on this uh, podcast. And if I am, eh, you got you got to forgive me. You and me both, man. That's me every time. You know, like how stupid am I going to sound today? Yeah. And you know what? I don't know. I think sometimes like people sound smarter when they're drunk, and then other people sound like stupider when they're drunk. What do you think you are? Do you think I you're smarter or the latter? Really? For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm way more eloquent when I'm not drunk, or at least I think I am. Oh shit! Mm-hmm. Hmm. We gotta do a comparison. We gotta do like a show oh, yeah. sober and do like oh, a show wow. drunk, oh, wow. and then like compare the conversations. Uh, uh, <laughs> I like that. I like that idea a it, lot. It sounds pretty good, right? Yeah, it does. I'm down for it. I'm yeah. down anytime. And also, the thing is, like, alcohol is not. It, it makes you a little more depressed, right? It is a depressant, officially mm-hmm. in the United States. I don't know what it is in Canada, but it is considered a depressant. Does That's it depress a good you? Experiment. No, I mean, what alcohol will do, it makes me more forthright. It makes me more blunt. So would that be considered like a depressant? Mm, maybe some people would think. Maybe would. it's depressing certain emotions. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. That, that would make sense. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I'm. I mean, I don't know. Alcohol has weird effects on me. If I drink too much, I just get tired. If I drink enough, I just talk more. <laughs> it's basically what happens. Yeah, exactly. There's a point with alcohol where I am super, well, right now I'm pretty hyper. I'm super hyper, and I'm just like, wow, well, let's go. Let's get it on. And then I reach that level where I'm just like, okay, going to bed. Right. Done. Yeah. Yeah, show's over. Yeah, but it's interesting because like when people are like, oh, it's a depressant. Like, whenever I drink alcohol, I, I'm typically happier. Not like happier, like more social, mm. more vocal. That's, yeah. Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm like that until I get too tired, and then I'm like, fuck it, I'm going to sleep. So I don't know if it's depressing or repressing certain emotions or feelings because it is the opposite for me, at least. But I'm sure living in Korea, you've seen a lot of bad drunks. Like, oh and I'm not God. talking about. I've seen way too many. Yeah. And I'm yeah. not talking about the natives, the, the Korean nationals. I'm also talking about like the expats. dude. Fucking right? foreigners. I mean. God I damn mean, it. Yeah. I mean. Oh, no. I've, oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so yeah, I guess it must be. Right. Hmm. I mean, yeah, of course. I mean, I think it's like it is def- it definitely like it's relative. Like it applies to some people, but it may not apply to others. But yeah, I've, I've seen some shit. I've seen some shit. I mean, I think these foreigners, me included, sometimes I'm, I've never been that bad. But yeah, I think we need to we need to be careful a little bit. Yeah, I mean, care- yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, just like the shit that we do, the shit that we say, like just like how fucking drunk we get, especially in certain places of Korea, like. Hongdae. Oh wow! And Itaewon. Itaewon. Oh my God! I've seen some shit there, and I'm just like, <laughs> holy fuck! Like, is this serious right now? Yeah, like, why yeah, is he dude. doing that? He's got to chill out. Have you ever read? Uh... Oh gosh! Um, oh my! Oh, it's, it's escaping me right now. Um, come on now. It's called. All right. It's by Conrad. Joseph Conrad. Uh, yes, Joseph Conrad. It's called. Come on. Joseph Conrad. Heart of Darkness. Heart of Darkness. Yes, uh, what thank I say. you. Okay. That's the most popular one. Yes. yes. Heart of Darkness. 
Heart of Darkness is basically the expat Genesis. No? Yes? I've never read it. Oh, okay. Sorry, okay. I've only heard about it. So, it, what it is, what, what it's about, it's about colonialism. Mm-hmm. All right? It's about the Dutch colonialism, as well as all the other European colonialism, into the Congo, into the into Africa. Right. And how how they would act back home. Right would not be the same way they would act in Africa. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. Right? Yeah. And so when you're away from home, you are a whole different person. Absolutely. Right? What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it's funny, though. Yeah. I've been part of a lot of sport teams, and that used to be the way. Like, anytime we would go for away games, anytime we would go for away matches, we act a little different. Right. Right? Because it's – we're free from all that other social restrictions. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, it happens right now. So if you guys have never read Heart of Darkness and you're living in Korea, give it another read. Or right. if you've read it and just give it another read and then like apply it or compare it to the situation and all that you've seen in Korea. Yeah. Yeah. It's quite interesting, dude. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Yeah. The way you, you act back home and the way you act here if you're an expat, right, is probably a little different. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think like in terms of restrictions, like that's for sure. Whether it be like family restrictions, you know, societal restrictions, religious restrictions, like I think like people when when they're in a different environment and they realize like, oh shit, nobody's here to monitor me. Nobody's here to tell me that I'm fucking up. Yeah, I can do whatever I want. Yeah, yeah, that's when shit gets real. All right, so I'm going to ask you a question. What's up? So how long have you been living in Korea for? Two years and five days. Okay, this is something that a lot of people don't talk about. At least a lot of expats don't talk about. Yeah. Um, what do you like about Korea compared to back home? Mm, interesting. Um, Being able to drink in the street. There's a certain freedom it's with that, right? A, there's, there's a certain, certain freedom. freedom with that, yeah. Because, like, if you do it back home, like, it was like, what the fuck is this drunk guy doing? You get arrested? But, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know if you get a... You get a You might get, like, a citation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you, you know, you might get something like that. But, um, I mean, if I had to be honest, I, you know, I don't know. I think that there is just, like, a certain type of freedom here when it comes to, you know, being able to drink and just kind of be yourself out in public and not really being judged for it as much. You know, whereas back home, it's kind of, you know, veered down. Like, I don't know. It's kind of like uh, it's seen as a negative thing, mm. you know. But besides that, I mean, I don't know. I really like everything about Korea. Like, I mean, Korean people have always been nice to me. I've never had any negative experiences here, you know, for the most part. And, um, you know, I think the, the culture is interesting. I think the language is interesting. I think the food is good, you know. And I think a lot of people complain, like, oh, yeah, most of it's, like, you know, soups and stews and stuff like that. But, you know, the variety of soups and stews is, like, you know, quite eclectic. And, like, you know, there's a lot of good soups and stews here. Like, I've traveled to a lot of different countries. And let me tell you, man, if I had to choose soups or stews, this would be the fucking country that I would come to. Hands down. <laughs> um, I like the fact that soju is cheap. I like the fact that, like, things here generally make sense. You know, like... When it comes to transportation, for one, like I think the Korean transportation's got their shit, you know, handled for the most part. I think that their democracy is pretty decent. 
you know, as you could see in the last election, well, not the last election, but when they ousted the president, when they ousted the president yeah. peacefully. Yeah. That was incredible. Peacefully. Dude. Very incredible. No, like it was, um, of course, like it, it was a process, right? Which the democratic process can take a while, but they did it peacefully. Nobody got hurt. Nobody got killed. People protested. You know, it was it was all organized, you know, appropriately. And, you know, everybody, um, you know, uh, made their complaint clear and concise. And she was removed and a new president was appointed in shortly thereafter. You know, yep. so I mean, there, of course, there are some things that I don't like about Korea in general. Of course. But all in all, I, I really enjoy my experiences in Korea. Okay. So, yeah, I'm not trying to say that Korea is a utopia. I'm very. Oh yeah, yeah it's not. It's not, not that for sure. I'm but. not saying any country is. Yeah, of course. Yeah, but I'm just like it, it, it's a topic that I feel like a lot of expats forget to talk about. Yeah, I mean, they come here to experience a different culture, but then all of a sudden they're critical of that culture. Yeah, exactly. You know? yeah. But I, I, I like one thing that I really like about Korea is the lack of policing. Dude. This is so interesting because, like, from uh, from the United States perspective, there's police everywhere. They're fucking all over the place, and a lot of them are corrupt. And, like, you know, there's, like, a lot of shit going on, especially, like, in poor neighborhoods and stuff like that in the United States. I And then when I come to Korea, it's, it's literally fucking me up because I come from, like, you know, some questionable areas, right? So you can, you can watch your back a little bit. You can make certain decisions based off that. But here, no police anywhere. It's too peaceful. It's too peaceful here. It's fucking me up. When I go back to the DMV, I feel like I'm going to fucking get robbed <laughs> in the first week that I'm there because I'm just like, oh, it's okay. You know, everything's fine. No, it's not fine there. Here, it's perfectly fine. You know, I see a police officer once every three months, maybe. And are you running or are you going the other way? I'm, I'm not even. No, I'm not even near him. I know. I'm not even near them. Dude, it's just every like, time I it's see like randomly. Like, it's just like I randomly see somebody like he's not doing shit. He's just like there. You know, and he's not doing anything. And I'm just like, oh, please, officer, look at that. In my area, I see them every day. Every fucking day, and it's annoying as shit. You know what? Like, back home, if I see a police officer, the first thing I do is, like, just check myself. Right. I just got to check myself. Okay, am I doing? Uh, what am I doing? Okay, yeah. I'm good. Yeah. It, it It's it's weird, dude. Yeah, it's it weird. is super weird. I, I hate it. I really do hate it. I mean, and, of course, like, this is nothing against police officers. In fact, most of my, a lot of my best friends are um, in law enforcement. But it's just one of those things that, like, I kind of, like, it's kind of like a fear thing, you know? Like, here, I don't feel like I'm in, I'm afraid, you know? And, of course, I'm not doing anything illegal in the United States, and I'm not doing anything illegal here. But why do I feel more afraid yeah. back home as 100%. compared to here, you know? Yeah. It's, not, it's, not, it's not a comment on the police force itself. It's a comment on the, the social circumstances that make us that way. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. 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 So, and, and it was funny because, like, even when I was talking to one of my friends who's a cop, he's like, you know, what about the police out there? I'm like, what please? I see these bitches like fucking, you know, like every three months, every six months. I never see these guys ever. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. they don't carry any weapons. Yeah, yeah. You know, they just, you know, they got they got nothing basically. And uh, yeah, I like it. You know, I, I've actually always wanted to do a movie and I actually heard that Michael Moore did this uh, documentary. I'm not sure. Like I just heard uh, from hearsay, but I'm not sure if it actually happened. But I've always wanted to do. A do- or at least I always want to see a documentary that took the best components of each culture. Mm. Like, for example, like Korea's lack of policing. Right. Uh, North America's belief that no matter what circumstance you come from, you can always rise to the top. Right. Like, I've always wanted to, because each culture has something to give 
to the greater good, right? Yeah. Each culture has something to add to the um, the rise of humankind. Right. And I and I think I I think that would be a really cool documentary. No, I agree. I think that would be dope. Yeah, I don't know if he did it or not, but that would be interesting to watch. For yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, for sure. That would be very you know, and the, and of course, like you know, when it comes to policing, like I I hear so many different things and of course like every state is different every city is different of course like there's you know communities that are a little bit you know uh more questionable than others and there's reasons for that there's a history behind that whether it be racist or you know political or whatever it may be so you know but i mean even if you were to compare like you know the korean law enforcement as compared to american law enforcement and just society in general like when you bring in guns for example that's like a huge thing Right. And of course, like not jumping too far into politics, but like when you have a society that doesn't have basically has no access to guns as compared to a society that has pretty good access to weapons, you see pretty significant differences, Um, especially when half the population or at least most of the male population all know how to fucking shoot an automatic rifle because they all all get drafted to the army. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So and I I think that's important aspect, too. Like, I feel like if you're going to. You know, everybody should be properly trained if you're going to own a firearm, firearm for sure. So, but yeah, I mean, let's, let's not jump into that. But I, I am, it, it is very interesting because when I talk to and when I see people discussing things like from the American perspective of like, oh, like, you know, I have my Second Amendment right. I have my right to bear arms. Like it has like, you know, a place historically speaking and stuff like that. All that totally understand. I get that. But when you compare societies who have access to firearms as compared to like, like the United States as compared to like countries that don't have access to firearms there is significantly less violence that's just the facts that's just what it is so we can debate that all day about how like you know how or why that happens but that's just the way it is sure. and of course violence still occurs sure yeah it's not a perfect utopian no. society no one's saying it is yeah but you know there is a difference there is so yeah. but i uh, my point was i guess the greater point for me asking that question is that each society has something to offer to the greater good. Absolutely. Right? You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, and every society is unique, and it should be appreciated for that. 100%. No society is going to be perfect. No country, you know, culture, countries, language especially is not going to be perfect. But if you can, you know, have the patience, have the, you know, and, and just, like, attempt and just try to, like, learn as much as you can and see it from other people's perspectives, you know, be empathetic, right? I think that, you know, people can learn a lot more and actually apply it to their life. And that would make things a little bit easier. One thing I like about Korea, um, when I go to a, like, uh, people don't steal that very often. That's true. That's like the worst crime that could happen here. Yeah. And even that doesn't even happen yeah. that much. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Like I will leave my car on with the windows down. Yeah. So I can jump into a store, get something really quick, like a convenience store, get something really quick and jump back in my car yeah. and not have it stolen. My dad's had, Three cars stolen? Oh, shit. Yeah, dude. Goddamn. My sister's had her windows broken and her purse taken. Really? Yeah. Like, what? That I really enjoy that, especially considering, like, when I go to the ski resort or the mountain bike resort, I just leave my bike where it is. I don't have to say, hey, can you watch this for me? Yeah. And like, that's so convenient. Yeah, it's true. It is so convenient. All right, wait. Caveat. I'm not saying that the societies we are from are any worse yeah. or any better. I'm just saying this is just it does a characteristic. It does happen, yeah. It's just a characteristic. Yeah. There's no judgment. Uh, uh, the only thing I'm saying is this is what I like about that society or this society. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And it's funny that you mentioned that because, like, I remember, 
when I first came here, I think it was like the first six months, like my colleague and I, we were talking and he was like, oh, what are you going to do this weekend? I'm like, oh, I'm going to go up to Seoul and I'm going to go up to like, you know, Itaewon and some other places here. And it sounds like a lot of fun. He's like, oh, be careful. You know, Seoul is a little bit dangerous. I'm like, how how is it dangerous exactly? He's like, oh, you know, like, you know, people rob there and people steal shit there all the time. I'm like, that's it? People steal? That's it. I don't. I don't have to worry about getting shanked in the middle of the street, <laughs> fucking shot up. You just randomly out of or nowhere, passed out, drunk, and, and get pass- stolen. Exactly. Like I, hey, listen, you, people can steal shit from me all day. <laughs> I have no problem with that as long as I can keep my life. You know, yeah, it's not yeah, a big man. deal at all. So, yeah, I mean, I just think it's, it's it's interesting because like you know, like if if you live in a society where you like the worst shit that can happen to you is like somebody stealing from you, hey, it's not that bad as compared to the alternatives. Yeah, dude. Yeah. It's not that bad. It's not that all bad right. at all. Let's be fair. Yeah. Let's be fair. Let's put a 50-50 on this. Yeah. What do you not like about this country or this mm. society or this culture, whatever you want to call it? The work. Explain. And, and when I say that, I mean like um I think that um in my opinion a lot of Koreans are I mean their work ethic is amazing, but they're not compensated for it. That's my biggest problem. And it really it really, you know, from my perspective, you know, from and maybe Canada as well, like if you work overtime, you get compensated overtime, right? Time, time and a half. Time and a half. Yeah. That's that's what you get. But here it's just kind of like, uh, and I and I get it, you know, very nationalistic. You know, they came out from the Korean War and they were extremely poor and shit like that. And you know, they basically unified. We're like, yo, we're gonna fucking, we're not gonna like be this poor country forever. We're gonna work together and make sure that we, you know, we progress and we evolve and we we become the best. And they did that. But now that that has changed, like this. This work ethic of like I'm gonna work 50, 60 hours a week and I'm only gonna get compensated for forty. I don't like that. Um, and I see the way that some of my colleagues and other people have, you know, worked these hours and worked these shifts and not get compensated for it and not are and are not really appreciated for it. And it just kind of like ah, uh, just irks me. Yeah. Personally. Yeah. So I don't mind you working extra. If you want to do that and if you want to, you know, support the company and your company wants to do that for you, then they should, you know, compensate you for 100%. it. 100%. Appropriately. Yeah, sure. So, yeah. I, and I just think that, like, a lot of free labor is, you know, taken from these people and they're not really appreciated as much as they could be and they're not compensated appropriately. And I just think that in some ways it's not only manipulation, but it's also kind of like, what's the word for it? Not, damn, what's that word for it? Fuck, I wish I wasn't so drunk right now. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, exploitation. Ah, exploitation. Okay. It's kind, it's kind of like exploitative, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know. Yeah. So I don't like it. That's that's one of the things I don't like. But that's basically it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's basically it. Yeah. yeah. What about you? Oh gosh. Um. I feel like Korea is a very reactive society mm-hmm. as opposed to a proactive society. Okay. Um, yeah. For example, like um, they won't do something until some. In- okay, this is very. This is generality. Right. Um, they won't do something unless something terrible is happening. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That's Where fair. back home, like we'll put stop signs at this like an intersection you're just like why is there a fucking stop sign here right it's because we're proactive yeah and that's what I like about our societies back home in Korea it's more reactive yeah 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 that's fair yeah yeah that's totally fair I mean the United States is very similar to that we're gonna see how far we can take this shit before we actually have to do something about it before we have to actually make a law about it yeah so that makes sense and the car culture here 
Oh my oh, God. My okay. Goodness. You know what? I'm surprised I didn't say that first because Jesus Christ. Right? Yeah. I don't right. know how many times I've almost fucking died by a crazy ass taxi driver here. You know, it's, it, it, what's really crazy is that this, this society, Korean society, is a car culture. Yeah. They've, how many they've had. Okay, there's Samsung, Renault, yep. there's Hyundai, yep. there used to be Daewoo now, which is Chevrolet, right? Um, or at least Kia, Ka- Kia, yep, uh, they, or uh, Sangyong, which is now bought by, uh, which was bought by um, an Indian company. But there, there, there have been like five separate car manufacturing cultures, right. uh, car, car manufacturing businesses or industries, companies in Korea, and yet the car culture here, it's archaic. Yeah. Archaic, dude. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. I agree. It is pretty bad. Yeah. But of course, when you, when you compare it to like other countries, it's like, oh my God, it's not that bad. It's not that bad at all. True, 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 true. Oh, it's so interesting. Yeah, it's so interesting. That's but, why like like when I think about it here, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's bad, but it's not as bad as said country, yeah. right? So, yeah, I agree, though. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just like, the thing that irks me the most, like I said earlier, is like the work. Like, and I feel bad because... You know, a lot of these people work really long hours and, you know, they're not compensated for it. And then they drown their sorrows into alcohol that, you know, into soju. That's like a dollar fifty, you know, and they just get drunk and they just do this shit over and over and over again. And I feel like they're just not really, you know, enjoying life for what it is. Okay. Yeah. So check this out. Yeah. You know, I'm from the greatest country in the world. Yes. <laughs> poutine, and, baby. Like, how do you get better than poutine? Get the fuck out of here. You can't okay. get better than poutine. So just in case you didn't catch on, I'm from Canada. Yeah. And on October 14th or October 18th, we will be one of two. Okay. The only developed or air quotes here. The One of the only developed countries to legalize marijuana. Yes. Right. Good All man. Right. So. Because of this issue, a lot of students have been asking me about Canada and why they're legalizing it. And so I've been talking about this a lot. I actually talked to my dad about this. Right. I was like, hey, dad, when I was back home this summer, I was like, hey, dad, what do you think about Canada legalizing marijuana? He's like, you know, that used to grow behind your grandmother's house. Mm. I was like, oh, yeah. And a lot of the clothing that uh, the traditional clothing that Koreans had is hemp. It's right. hemp based. Yeah. Uh, Korea used to have a very large navy. And all the ropes were hemp-based. Right. So, hemp is just a male plant of the marijuana. It's a male marijuana plant, if you guys don't know. You should. But anyways, it's funny. It's like that big turnaround. And so, I talked to a lot of older people, like grandfathers. And um, this one grandfather said that they used to smoke pot or they used to smoke marijuana because it was cheaper than tobacco. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, and I've been told, and I'm not sure, this is all hearsay, I'm not sure if it's true, but when the Americans came in, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure, like, this is all hearsay, <laughs> I'm not saying right it's track, fact. You're on the right track, baby. You're on the right track. I don't know. I don't know. No, I, I, I don't have I the facts. I know. I okay. know. Yeah. I don't have the facts, but I'm just going to put that caveat there. I don't yeah. have the facts. But I was told that because when the Americans came in here, they eradicated marijuana, and right. when Americans petitioned to the UN to make marijuana illegal, that's when it all started. That's exactly when it started. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the United States of America, the greatest country in the world. <laughs> okay. Goddamn right. I'll give you yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So, that. Uh, you know, the greatest country in the world basically outlawed and demonized marijuana for multiple reasons. But one of the reasons was to basically demonize minority communities, um, specifically African-American communities. Right. 
Um, oh, also Mexican. Oh, yeah. I mean, of course. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, like, you know, when you take a group of people who were slaves before and were not slaves anymore, you know, and you kind of want to put them back in their status. That's, you know, one of the ways you do it. And of course, there's different things that go into that as well. But like and minorities, Mexicans, African-Americans, like, you know, you could put anybody in that group. That was the best way to do it through marijuana. So, yeah. So basically, American, you know, the United States of America demonized it. We outlawed it and we forced you know, either directly or indirectly every other nation to do it. And that's exactly what happened. And so many countries still hold the same policies today. It's this evil thing. It's going to like ruin your health and ruin your life. And it's this fucking, you know, it's terrible, but alcohol and tobacco is perfectly fine. I know this is the thing about tobacco that kills me. Yeah. It's like, they're taxing the shit out of it yes. because they sell. They say it's for healthcare. Yep. They're putting these images yep. on, like, hey, you're gonna. These images are horrible yeah. on these cigarette packs. Horrible. Yep. They're yeah. disgusting, right? But it's not illegal. Yeah. Right. No, perfectly legal. No problem. No problem. Yeah. We'll so you dollar fifty. No yeah. problem. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and of course, other countries, it's even worse because you have like stronger alcohol for like the same price. Yeah. Perfectly legal. Marijuana, it's an issue. Oh, check this out. Yeah. I heard, I'm not sure, and this is again hearsay. I heard it from a podcast. Um, marijuana is legal in North Korea. Is it really? Yeah. Holy shit. It would make sense because it grew naturally in the country. Yeah. They're uh, super chill about everything. And the, but and that's probably <laughs> why why Rodman went to fucking North Korea, <laughs> yeah, right? No problem. He's just smoke, he smokes twenty four seven, you know. And that's probably also the reason why the whole country hasn't revolted because they're all. I was on, just on about, Soma, I was literally right? thinking the same shit. Like Soma. they're too high to fucking revolt. Yeah. yeah. You know what's funny? Um, there's a rapper. His name is Boss. I'm a, I'm a huge like you know, uh, rap fan. Okay. And uh, Boss and uh, one of his albums was called Too High to Riot. Yeah, literally, that was a title. Too high to riot. And that's exactly what you made me think of. Like, everybody in North Korea is just too fucking high to riot. They're just too high to revolt. I would love to know if that's fact. I would love to know if that's fact. Dude, that would be amazing if that was the case. Can you imagine the history books as long as they were, like, rich, rich, like written yeah, like, yeah. in factuality? Yeah, yeah. And the reason why North Korea was under a dictatorship for, like, how many every year is because they were too fucking high to give a shit about overthrowing the dictatorship. Dennis Rodman, tell us. Tell yeah. us if it's true. He Come knows. on, buddy. He knows. He, he knows. knows. Absolutely, he knows. He knows, he knows. He knows yeah. for sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he's chilling. <laughs> Him and fucking Kim Jong-un are probably just getting high together all day. I would like to think so. Fucking cute Korean bitches. You know, <laughs> that's exactly what they're doing. Yeah. Oh gosh, that'd be so funny if that was true. I would Dude, love if that, it. I mean, because if you remember, or maybe I don't know if you know, if you heard about this or not, but like, basic, I've heard that Kim Jong Un was basically, you know, Western educated, right? He went yeah, to schools Sweden in like Sweden or something, yeah, or Sweden or Switzerland, yeah, yeah. like some European country, yeah. and apparently, like his his um people who have like went to school with him was like, oh, he's no, he's liberal, he's liberal as shit. Yeah, he's just he's chill. He's he's just like one of us. But, of course, like, when you get thrown in that environment of, like, oh, your dad was a dictator. Now you have to go back to this country that's a dictatorship, and you have to be the dictator. And he's just like, oh, okay, I guess. Yeah, and what's, so, that, what's that old saying? Power corrupts and absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. absolutely. Yep, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep. True, power, dude. Yeah. So maybe that's the case. Maybe he is, like, secretly liberal, but he has to be a dictator, you know? Well, he so. is creating change. I, I'm not. Oh, hold up. Yeah. I'm not supporting yeah. any of that stuff, but. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Shit, I don't know either, man. Trust me. It would be. I, I do want to know the story though. I, I, don't, I don't. I don't know if we'll ever get the full story, but 
I personally think it would be funny as fuck <laughs> if everybody was just too high to give a shit about. You know, maybe that's one of the reasons why like South Korea actually still sends a lot of food over there. Because <laughs> it's not that they have a food shortage. They got it's, the just, it's just that they're just too fucking, they're just so high all the time that they need extra food to actually like, <laughs> all right, nah, alleviate all their right. hunger. Dude, that's what it is. I love how uh, how in- inappropriate we are on this podcast. It's fine. I love it's it. It's fine. I love yeah. it. All right. Don't take us too seriously. No, no. Please don't. We're drunk. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, but even then, if we weren't drunk, don't take me seriously at all. Yeah, that's fine. I'm in the same way. Yeah, I just talk a lot of shit for no reason. It's life, man. All right. Let's enjoy it. <clears throat> Next topic. Bucket list. Bucket list. That's so. I've accomplished a lot of my bucket lists. Okay. Um... One of them was to go to the Himalayas and do a first ascent of a mountain, which I did. Um, oh, you sure? Really? Yep. I didn't know that. Yep. Um, Interesting. It's in the American Alpine Journal. Um, hey, Mr. Fancy Pants. My hey. bad. Um, satisfaction with life. I'm pretty stoked with life. Nice. Um, I'm pretty simple, actually, dude. I don't have much on my bucket list. So what else is left? Because you, like you said, you've already accomplished a bunch. I, so. I, I don't have anything left. So what are the things that were on your bucket list that you have achieved besides the one you just mentioned? Um, Himalayas. I have very short-term goals. Goals. Okay. Um, I'm one of those guys that believe the journey is a destination. So because I don't have a big, huge, big goal, I, I believe that these small goals make up my satisfaction. Okay. Yeah. So, um, like for example, like as a rock climber, like I just want to be able to go to the top of this route or as a mountain biker, I want to be able to go down this course or route without falling or to do it very stylistically and all this stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So you have like nothing else on your bucket list. I mean, I know like life is good for you right now, but like, Nothing else. I mean, I got I got these huge big dreams like um, with my company. Okay. So I have a guide. If you guys don't know, I have a guiding company. And uh, no, I, plug it. That's fine. All right. it doesn't matter. Uh, it's called I Guide Korea, and um, we do rock climbing guides, mountain bike guides, ice climbing guides, and uh, anything that has to do with the outdoors. But uh, I guess it's not really a bucket list. But I, I've always want to do better with my company. Um, if you guys get a chance, read the book called uh, Let My People Go Surfing by Yvonne Schwinnard. Um, him and I share the same kind of ideas on what um, our company should do um, in terms of like just socially conscious and socially responsible, environmentally responsible. And I've tried. I've tried to do, I've tried to do that with my company. Like um, make people realize that, um, hey, nature is awesome. Um, being outside and being one with nature is really cool. And I, I think I've introduced a lot of people to that. Um, another thing is like um, with my company, I've, I've been trying to like show people that South Korea is a destination. Mm-hmm. South Korea is beautiful. The the land itself is really beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And stuff. And um, actually one of the greatest comments I, I get and I get it frequently from my clients is like they always say, wow, I didn't realize Korea was this much fun. I didn't realize Korea was this mu- th- this interesting. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. And so, <clears throat> so I've accomplished that. I've been able to give that to people. But I mean, I don't see it as an accomplishment. Like I'm done and finished. I just see it as something I keep working on. Right. No. That's yeah. fair. Yeah, that's fair. 
Okay. And that's actually super interesting. And I agree. Like, I think Korea is a great country in many ways. And, like, you know, I didn't know Korea was that much fun. You haven't come rock climbing with me yet. Fuck no. I'm not doing that shit. Come on, baby. Hell no. Why not? Because I'm scared of heights. That's why. Doesn't matter. (laughs) No, it does matter. (laughs) Absolutely does matter. No, I mean, I told you I was a lot better with heights ever since I went skydiving. Yeah. But still, it freaks the shit out of me. Can't do it. Come with me. I promise promise you. I promise you. I'll give you a great experience. Mm. Something that you're just like. What? Why haven't been? Why haven't I been doing this like the last two years? No, you guys are insane. Come on, you're insane. All right. I, I told you I, I met this other guy and he's really cool and he used to free climb. I was like, you fucking insane, crazy motherfucker. Never do that shit. You crazy? Fuck no. I've I've been to indoor climbing areas. Yeah, and I've gone to the top and you know it's still freaky as shit, but it's not that bad. And you got somebody down there watching you, making sure that everything's okay, and you know. But still, I'm just like, no, I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. Not one bit, <laughs> not one bit. I had to do it like an ROTC, like when I was. In oh right, school. right, right, right. You had to climb those walls yeah, and shit. Oh, me that. Fucking, I fucking hate it. <laughs> I hated that shit so much. And then you have to get to the top, and you have to rappel down. Yeah. Like, fuck you, fucking asshole. Really? Yeah. Oh wow. But here's the thing: when it came to like swimming, like if I ever did the Navy, which is like the branch that I was gonna do. Yeah. You have to jump from this like really high height mm-hmm. and jump into the water. Mm-hmm. I was fine with that. Yeah, I'm really? fine with swimming. Like, really? I, I have no problem with the water. Dude, I am frightened of the water. Dude, so you and I are the complete opposite. Then I am fine with the water. I enjoy swimming. You know what I'm saying? Snorkeling, you know, all that shit is fine with me. Even though I'm terrified of the water because I'm terrified of, like, sharks and other shit that could, like, fucking tear you up in the water. Yeah, yeah. And there's, like, so many, there's, like, so much of the water that's unexplored. Yeah. In terms of swimming and shit, I have no problem with that. But climbing scares the living shit out of me. Wow. Yeah, it's weird. What part of it? Every part of it. No, no, but being <laughs> high, on. like being able to fall down at any instant, like freak accidents. You know, you think you have a grip and your grip fucking falls. Like I just every, every, all of it just like freaks the shit out of me. I understand. I understand. Yeah. Like, um, I'm not sure if I told you, but um, I had a terrible accident rock climbing. Oh, really? Yeah. It was one of those instances where nature was just like, it's your time. So. Fuck. I was guiding a group of people, and I want to say 12 or whatever. It doesn't matter. I was guiding a group of people, and I was going to go do this route for people and put it up. It's a route I had done countless of times. Mm. It's a route that people have done countless of times. But that day, that moment, a rock decided to come out. Mm. So I was pulling on this rock talking to people super chill all of a sudden the rock came out i flipped 180 degrees and smashed to the floor oh, shit shattered my ankle bone damn how far were you up pretty how high. high were you pretty yeah. high Fuck. and not only that the ground wasn't level the ground was like all uh, talus talus is like uh rocks and stuff and uh it put me out for two years i had two surgeries shit yeah uh rods and pins in my leg um and Every time I rock climb, that story just, it repeats in my head. But what I love about it, what I love about the rock climbing is the, and this is very cliche, but the zen-like quality of being able to break through all those self-doubts mm. and just focus on the goal. What rock climbing does for me is like that 
purity in meditation and like in medita- everyone says in meditation or this is a cliche as well but everyone says in meditation you gotta like just be super focused on nothing what right. rock climbing does for me is that it makes me super focused on getting to the top right and that is so liberating dude like when I just get to forget about all this shit like mortgage payments all this shit like the fucking guy who cut me off in traffic right when I can get to forget all about that stuff and just focus on a singularity it's freedom it's so funny it, it's a bit of a paradox it's a bit of a bit of an oxymoron that focusing on a singularity gives me freedom mm. but it does yeah yeah that is interesting yeah. it's funny that you say that because like when it, to- when it comes to like freak accidents like you know obviously jumping from a plane at like 10,000 feet in the air is not really like a smart idea you know for most people that's not a smart <clears> idea <throat> for any person right but I did skydiving, right, in order to face my fears. Because the way that I looked at it was like, okay, the guy who I'm tandem skydiving with has his parachute and a spare parachute. And I also have an emergency parachute. If by chance all three fucking parachutes fail to open, God wanted you to die that day. That was your fucking time. No if ands, or buts about it. That's it. <laughs> no that more would, or less. That would suck so much. That dude. would definitely be me? like the worst. Are you kidding me? The worst fucking You're luck falling. Ever. Parachute one. Nope. nope. Parachute two. Nope. nope. Motherfucker, this third parachute. <laughs> Better please. fucking work. Come yeah. on now. It doesn't work. Yeah. Oh, oh my god. Oh, yeah. That'd be so horrible, dude. Yeah. That'd be so horrible. And like, I mean, and ever since then, I've always been much better with heights. But like, it still is like one of those things. I'm just like. Oh, asshole <laughs> i hate you so much and that's one of the reasons why like i can never go too high on like on um mountain climbing okay like i can do those walls and i can be in a harness yep. and i feel like a lot more secure and comfortable mm-hmm. and i trust the person below yeah but you know like all that extra shit like yep. actual climbing mm-hmm. climbing mm-hmm. like the shit that you do mm-hmm. nope not doing that shit fuck no <laughs> nope it would have to be a life or death situation, and even if it was a life or death situation, I would probably choose death. Wow! Yeah, if if there was like a fucking like pack of lions coming after yeah. me, yo, I'm taking those lions on. Damn! I'm gonna really? take. As, Come on! I'm, I'm gonna take as many as out as I can, man. Fuck them! <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm gonna hope I have a knife. I'm gonna try to shank my way out of there, but I'll probably die. But you know what? It's better than climbing that goddamn wall. That's so funny. I don't give a fuck what anybody That's says. All. Okay, good. Good enough. <laughs> we all got our fears. Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm. I'm afraid of the water. Yeah. Well, dude, like, I don't know if I ever told you this, but, like, I was in Jordan, the country of Jordan, and I was in Aqaba, which is, like, south of Jordan. Basically, it's right next to Saudi Arabia. Like, it borders Saudi Arabia and Israel, basically. It's the Red Sea. So, uh, me and some friends were snorkeling, and we were snorkeling in that area. It's super nice, very nice. And have you ever heard of the lionfish? Yeah, that's a fish that's got, like, a lot of, like, spines and everything on it. Yeah. Yeah. Very beautiful fish. Extremely poisonous. We knew that it was in the water. Very uncommon to encounter, but, you know, it's there. Uh, of course, there's other shit you gotta, you know, be careful for. So we're swimming, we're swimming, and then I swim over this coral reef, and as I'm swimming over the coral reef, there's a fucking lionfish right there. Right below me. I thought he was gonna sting the shit out of me. I start swimming faster, trying to get out of the way. He swims in the other way, and then, like, I swim away, and I'm finally, I'm just like, my heart was fucking just like I bet I bet just like fast as shit and I thought that was gonna be my time right there that was and the funny thing is is that like all of my near death experiences that I've ever encountered was in the water oh really riptides in Costa Rica yeah yeah. lionfish in fucking Uh, Aqaba uh, yeah in the water 
Yeah. I I don't really count skydiving. You're you're not scared of it. You're you're not scared of it so much that you won't go back into it. Yeah, I still go in the water. Like, I was in the Philippines, like, six months ago, and I was in the water, and nothing scary. So, like, I... Because I enjoy the water, and it's very nice, Mm. you know? And I think that it's very majestic and mysterious in a lot of ways. And it is super scary, but... Not enough to the point where I don't want to swim it in. But, yeah, everybody should be extremely cautious of oh, the water. Okay. Especially riptides. Especially, you know, sharks and, you know, other dangerous animals that um that are underneath. So, yeah, be careful. But, dude, that scared the living shit out of me. I bet. I bet. Fuck, dude. It was crazy. So, my story for with the ocean is um, I was out surfing. And it was two plus meter waves and I tried to catch this wave I didn't I wiped out hard I'm under the water I'm like gosh I gotta get back up I get back out these waves are crashing on me mm-hmm. and guess what I lost my surfboard my leash broke oh shit really Damn. so now I'm in two plus meter waves right with and, no surfboard. and I'm scared of water right and all of a sudden, these waves are crashing around me. Yep. Super fucking scary. <clears throat> I know that feeling. Extremely uncomfortable feeling. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. And you know what? The only the only reason why I survived that? Yeah. Rock climbing. Oh, really? Yeah. Because in rock climbing, there are points in rock climbing where you have to understand irrational fear from rational fear. Yeah. And I knew that if I just relax... See the wave, hold my breath when the wave comes, all that stuff. I will survive. Yeah. Eventually, I'll get to shore. Eventually, I will get to shore if I'm not a rip, a rip tide or rip current. I yeah. will. I, I, I can get to shore. You can yeah, get to shore. Yeah, of course. Yeah. You just got to be patient. Yeah. Yeah. Be so, smart. And that's what Rock Lamb taught me. Yeah. That patience, that like, <sighs> relax. Mm. You'll get through it. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I know that feeling is like constantly being crashed with waves. You catch a, you, you're like lucky to catch a breath. You finally catch one, huh, huh, and then like fucking the next wave hits you, and like the next wave hits you, and you're just like gasping for the air, and you're like trying to get back into like a fucking like a neutral place where you're not, you know, like fighting for breath, like fighting for oxygen. Fuck, it's like su- it's such a uh, such an ugly feeling. Dude, it's a very scary feeling. Uh, yeah. I like even thinking about it just gives me <laughs> goosebumps. Like it's crazy as shit to be yeah. honest with you. Like when I went skydiving, I was in, I was of course like. I was definitely frightened, for sure. But I felt secure. Anytime I'm in the water, I don't feel secure. Like, well, not, not pools. Like, obviously, it pools. Like, you don't give shit about pools. But, like, yeah, seas, oceans, like, shit like that. Like, yeah. I don't feel secure at all. You know? Like, at all. So big. And then, like, it's so big and you have no clue what's underneath. Yeah. And, like, you might have goggles, but even still, you know, you never know. And even if you do know, it might be too late. Yeah. You know? So... Yeah. Yeah, this is fucking freaky, dude. Yeah. It's freaky as shit. Yeah, yeah I'd, I'd rather just stay on land. I'm cool with it. But tell me, tell me one thing. Yeah. Did you grow from those experiences? Oh, absolutely. Especially that that riptide experience. Yeah, dude. Dude, that riptide experience was nasty as shit. Cause it was like, the funny thing it was is that we were in Costa Rica when we were doing it, and we were warned of the riptides. When I say we, I was swimming out there a little bit. You know, I I knew it was there, and I was staying next to the shore and. No, not getting too far out. But my friend, she went out a little bit farther. And, you know, I told her, I was like, hey, you got to be careful. She said, it's okay. Like, I'm a very good swimmer, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, okay. Do your thing. 
You know, you're an adult. He goes a little too far. You know, hey, you good? Yeah, I'm good. Okay. A little farther out. You good? No, no, no. I'm not good at all. Can you help me? And at that point, you're like, I've been there. In your mind, you're just like, do I do that? Because I know what I'm getting myself into. Right? And the other side, you're like, I got to help her. Yeah. Right? So, of course, I go out there, realize we're fucked. This is not a good situation at all. (laughs) Right? So, we grab hands. We lock hands. Tell her, listen, this is not a good situation. It's okay. Let's, you know. We're going to be pulled back a little bit. We're going to be pushed forward, right? But we're going to be pushed forward in, you know, direction that's not directly forward, right? It's going to go a little bit to the right at that point. Mm. Just go with the waves, mm. right? So we're freaking out a little bit. Okay, I'm telling her. Okay, ready, set, swim. <laughs> go as fast as you can to the right, right? Get closer to the shore, right? So where you can, like, step on the, the ground and then, like, and then we'll just walk all the way back. Yeah. And I can't time it. I don't know how long that we were doing that for. I want to say maybe seven, ten minutes. I'm just like trying to go with the waves to get back to shore. And of course, when we finally did, it was like all the way. It was like complete opposite of where we had actually started off at. And then we had to walk back. And then we walked back and we sat down. We're like, (laughs) holy fuck. Holy shit, did, right. you, did we just experience that shit? You know, and then after that, we just, like, kind of fucking, like, went back, and we are just like, fuck, dude. All right, that, what'd you that learn? Was, I learned, well, I don't even know what I learned, to be honest with you. I learned that, you know, I helping somebody, even though it's against your, I don't know how to say it, primal instinct of survival is not necessarily a bad thing, but, you know, it depends on the situation. But, uh, you know, as long as you can, like you say, stay calm, cool, and collected and know your situation, then you should be able to get out of it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. You learn a lot about yourself, dude. Dude, I, it is a freaky experience. I don't wish it on anybody. No. Yeah. So I don't, yeah, it's not. But you learn you can survive. It's a fucked up experience. I don't think anybody should go through that, to be honest with you. I mean, if you have to go through that in order to like, I guess, reach that point, then I get it. But no, it's. No, I, I don't know. I don't want that. I don't wish that on anybody. Super scary. Okay. Yeah. From a rock climber perspective, uh, there have been times where I was fucked. And if you ever come to any of my outings at iGuyKorea.com. Oh, jeez. Did I just plug that? Do it. That's what you got to do. Okay. Yeah, plug it. Korea. <laughs> one word. World Wide Web. <laughs> dot. Com. Yes. Um. If you ever come to one of our outings or camping trips, I will tell you the story of how I met a ghost in Korea and how I met my guardian angel back in Canada. But anyways, um, I put myself in terrible situations before because I was dumb, young, and full of cum. There you go. And um, Always full of cum, baby. (laughs) Oh, God. Mom and Dad, please don't listen to this (laughs) podcast. Please. Please. I'm sorry. Please. I'm sorry. But at the same time, you raised me, so it's half your fault. Yeah. Um. And uh, every time I've been put in life and death situations, I always chose life, Mm. which is interesting. Um, As much as we think that life is really hard and really difficult and it sucks, you cling on to it. Right. And that's actually one of the biggest lessons I've learned from rock climbing is that I really do love life. Right. Yeah, yeah. I love life better than the alternative. Right. Yeah. 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 
I mean, of course, we all know our time's going to end eventually, yeah. but you got to make the best of what you have now, you know? So I think that's important. I think it's really important. Yeah, man. I mean, I mean, I would definitely like to come out just to hear your experiences, but I, mean, I don't want to do any of that. Shit. Come on. Nope. Just come for the campfires. There's dude, nothing. Would, I love campfires. Yeah, dude. There's nothing that just like calls to the primal instinct like a fucking campfire, dude. Dude, in grad school, we used to have campfires like quite often. When the weather was good, it was just amazing. We just like have our fucking wine or have our liquor and just like people having their guitars. We would just talk shit and just like do s'mores and shit and just like chill out the campfires in grad school. So awesome! It was amazing. I I miss grad school a lot and like not because of the work, but because like the camaraderie. Mm. You know, it was a small private school, like 130 people. Mm. You know, a lot of them were international students, so like just hearing their perspectives and their experiences and like commending them. Like, dude, you're doing grad school. You're doing a master's degree in English. Like, you're doing a master's degree in, not, in, like, a language that's not your own. Like, yeah. this shit is fucking hard, yeah. dude. Like, holy shit. Like, I don't think people were really give enough respect to those people. Um, yeah, dude. It's amazing. Yeah, it was it was fun. I love campfires. So, I got this theory. What's up? Why are we so addicted to screens, TVs, our smartphones, all this shit? Dopamine. Campfires. You think so? Yeah, man. All that flickering light. How many times have you been around a campfire where mm. nobody has said shit for minutes? It's true. Right? Yeah, not many you're, times. And you're just watching the flickering. Yeah. You're watching the sparks. Yeah. Yeah. It's like very primal, dude. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, I can and see so that. And so like, you know, our screens, all our screens emit, and even though you can't see it, emit a frequency of light, right? So right. it's like goes, um, even though you can't notice, it goes dark light, dark light, dark light. LEDs right. do this, like all lights do this, right? Right. Um. It, Primal. Yeah. Yeah. I get, no, I get, actually, now that you mentioned that, it makes total sense. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Write a paper. Write a paper. Get it published. <laughs> get, Where's Ben? Yeah. Ben, Come on, ben, ben. Ben, we need you. Please. Please. Dude, he writes like no fucking other. I don't know how he does it. Every, and, and every time he tells me, like, oh, yeah, like I wrote this much. I'm like, you motherfucker, I hate you so much. I hate everything about you. <laughs> but I love you at the same yeah. time. Yeah. It's, it's, like, it's how do you do it? Seething jealousy. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, exactly him, what it is. Good for <laughs> that's, him, that's exactly what it is. Good oh, yeah, him. yeah, yeah. No, good for him for sure. Like, I appreciate that. Actually, I was listening to an interview between George R.R. R. Martin and uh, Stephen King. Mm-hmm. And George R.R. R. Martin wrote the, for those of you who don't know, he wrote the Game of Thrones series. Right? Very popular. Stephen King's written a bunch of shit. You know? Doesn't need to be shit. introduced, really. Um, and George R.R. R. Martin was like, yo, how do you, like, produce so many books so quickly? Right. And Stephen King was like, you know, I just have a basic routine and generally speaking, it involves writing these six pages a day and six pages a day gives you about a novel every three months. Wow. Wow. You know, and he just pumps them out like that. But, you know, it's funny, though. Yeah. Writing six pages a day is not Not that easy. easy. Yeah. It's not an easy feat. Yeah. No, of course not. I mean, but like, you know, it takes time. And he basically built that routine of like, okay, I want to do this. And, you know, he did it. And ever since then, he's just been pumping out novels left and right so and even he admitted he's like you know some are better than others you know yeah. some are worthy of being published and sure. some are you know my editor's like what the fuck is this you know so but i mean can you imagine stephen king his editor is like what the fuck is this you know like that's just this is crazy yeah. so even a legend literally a literally a, a literary legend yeah. being like what the well, his editor's like what the fuck is i can't do shit with this mm. you know that says something so yeah, that's interesting. Next topic, give it, dude. Funny or unique stories that you've had while traveling abroad, any country than your own. So, 
outside of Canada. Doesn't matter where you were at. Hmm. What you got for me? All right. Um, what you got for us? Story I've ever had abroad. You want me to tell you my ghost story? Yeah, dude. Right, fuck yeah. Right, right. I want to know. Okay. This is usually reserved for people who come on my trips, but. I'll give you a sneak peek. Here you go. There All you right. go. So, okay. I've already said it. I'm a religious person, so I believe in metaphysical stuff. All right. So, um, I, I, I hike, and I'm in the woods a lot. I will hike in the dark. In Canada, I've hiked in the dark. I've hiked and met bears. I've hiked and just like in fucking huge storms. I've hiked in the worst conditions. Right? So, and none of that has ever phased me back home. I don't know what it is about. Okay, maybe I have a theory. But there's something about Korean forests that get me freaked out when it's really dark and it might be because there's a whole bunch of freaking tombs all over the fucking forests right right some of them are abandoned some of them still have their gravestones on it it might be all that but anyways so this one time i was making a bouldering area or climbing area so i make these climbing areas often and um i have to plead the fifth on this one. Oh shit yeah okay okay um you want to pause it no, how do I how do I how do I phrase it without incriminating myself? Uh, okay, well, I was in the area. Yeah. Okay. Where I sh- probably shouldn't have been. Mm. Okay. Does that work? No. I, what I would say is, I was in an area where the laws weren't completely made clear. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. perfect. As to where I was yes. currently so, at. Yes. And since 100%. there was no map available. That exactly. Could, that could be read. Exactly. In, okay. That could be read in the evening. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't know the language at the time. Yes. One hundred percent. Like that language. Yeah. Foreign. It's foreign. Fucking foreign language. Yes. What the hell is this? Yeah. Yeah. So there I was, making this climbing area. Yeah. And um, I shouldn't have. Some people say I shouldn't have been there. Yeah. Some people. Some people. Yeah. They could be wrong. Yes. They, they could be, be right. Who I knows? don't know. Yeah. And um, it's twilight now. Yeah. And so suddenly I'm doing something and I'm all of a sudden I drew blood because mm. I was cutting something. Right. And I drew blood. And I was like, oh, shit. And as soon as I drew blood, I heard this noise. Mm. So let me give you uh, an idea of where I was, the environment I was. I was on a I was at the bottom of a bluff, like a bottom of a cliff. And above me, the cliff extends into the forest. Okay. And so I heard something from above me. As soon as I drew blood, I heard something above me. And I've been in the woods long enough to know the difference between human footsteps and an animal's footsteps. Right. Right. Very. If you've been there long enough, you, you know that animals walk in a different way than humans do. Right. It's true. Yes. So I heard these human footsteps. I'm like, oh, shit. So I thought it was someone that wanted to tell me i wasn't doing something right right and so i hid on the cliff like i i just put my back on the cliff so he wouldn't be able to see me because the cliff was overhanging and i was just waiting there waiting there and i was like gosh and i just kept dripping blood and the more blood i dripped this for some reason the hair on my neck just got like tighter and tighter and then at one point i saw the shadow because it was t- twilight. I saw the shadow. It was a human figure. 
I'm like, oh shit, I got caught. I'm going to fucking get incarcerated. I'm going to get something. I'm going to have to pay a fee. And, but I backed off and I was like, oh gosh, please go away. Please go away. Please go away. And then the shadow receded and I was waiting there for what felt like a long time, a, a long time. And I'm just holding my, my finger, trying not to bleed and putting pressure. I'm just like, and eventually I'm like, oh gosh, I got to get a bandaid. I got to get something on this finger. And I was like, okay, all right. And I started getting angry. I was like, okay, okay, you got me. Okay. So I jumped out and I said, okay, you got me. And there was nothing there. Nothing there. Mm. I didn't hear the footsteps walk away. I didn't hear any other footsteps. I, f- I heard the footsteps approach me. I saw the fucking shadow. And the shadow receded, but I didn't hear any footsteps walk away from it. And when I looked there, there was nothing there. And this area that I was in is, and I'm not going to say where the area is in, because whatever, because I don't want to get. Right. 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 <laughs> I, was um, ne- I was never there. I was never there. Yeah. <laughs> um, this area I'm in, traditionally for Koreans, it's well known for very strong energies. They mm. do a lot of exorcisms in this area. Right. Yeah. A lot of strong spiritual energy. And I was just like, boosh. I packed up my stuff. I fucking ran out of there. I've never done that in the woods, dude. I've hiked many places. I've never felt that in my life. That strangest experience of my life. So, how do you know this like wasn't like a figment of your imagination? You know what I'm saying? Because like you said, it's a very popular area. You know, in terms of like you know the. The occult kind of experiences, but I don't. I don't know if it's a thing my imagination. But this is but what the fact is, is what I experienced. Yeah. So the ghosts like that were that uh, like overshadowed you, like didn't say anything, didn't move, didn't do anything. No. Interesting. It was a uh, very you, much. But you felt like the hair on your neck, like in your body, just like. Whew. It was very much a human figure, very much a human figure that retracted and never came back. Do you think that they were like waiting for you, maybe? Maybe. I don't know. Like, they smell blood, and they're like, oh, shit. This person, I don't know. This person might be with us soon. I, I have no idea. Let me welcome, like, I, let th- me welcome him. Th- there's a lot of things I could say. There's yeah, a lot of, of conjectures I could make. Yeah. But all I know is what I experienced or what I think I experienced because yeah, maybe people think it's all in my head. But I was waiting there for what felt like a really long time for this shadow to go away, for the sound to go away. It never did. And when I confronted it, it was not there. Did you have any other experiences while you were in that area? Yes, I've actually had one other experience. Okay, well, well like the same week or same day? Or? Same area. Same area, okay. Uh, but different time. Yes. Okay. So, um, again, Twilight. Me and my partner, we decide, okay, let's we're finished making these climbing ears. Let's walk. Let's go away. My partner says, "Hey, this way is faster." I said, "No, it isn't. This way is faster." So we split up. Right. And all of a sudden, when we split up, I heard this noise, like running after me. And I said, "My buddy's name." I was like, "Yo, stop it! You're freaking me out." I got no. No response. Hmm. So I just kept on going. I was like, will you just stop it? No response. And then I met him on the trail. He was he, he actually made it in front of me. He he was right. He this his way was much faster. I was like, dude, why'd you do that? And he's like, I didn't do anything. 
I'm like, oh gosh. No, come on. He's like, no, I I was here. I've been waiting for you. I'm like, uh, okay, let's go. Let's go. Let's go right now. Yeah. I want to go home right now. Yeah. Same area. It's freaky as shit. Same area. Damn, that's freaky as yeah. shit. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting to think about like the all the uh, external forces that are, you know, lurking in the world that we live in, and like how we can interact with them directly and indirectly. Yeah, that would freak me the fuck out, dude. If I felt like somebody was like chasing after me dude, at the speed that I feeling. was going, and you like look around and you no. don't see shit. No. <sighs> oh my god, it's dude. been a it's been like those that story's about. Um, 11 years old now, maybe. Interesting. 12 years old. Yeah. So would you say, like, in your experiences, do you think that like, maybe, like, these entities that are, like, you know, causing this disruption, maybe, or these spirits or whatever you want to call them, do you think that they're trying to tell you something? Are they trying to send a message? Are they trying to, like, you know, maybe get another chance at life? Or are they trying just trying to get that, you know, life experience? You know, like, you know... He's running, you know, like this. Maybe I should run like this too, just to kind of get the, the feeling back again. Like, what, what do you think? To be honest, I've never analyzed it like that. I've never thought of it that way. I just thought about the experience itself. Okay. I've never analyzed it in such depth. The only, the only thing I've ever thought about was like, wow, I experienced that. Mm. I don't put any of my own narratives on it. I just like, wow, that happened to me, or at least that's what ha- I thought happened to me. And you know, one hundred percent. I will concede that maybe it was my imagination. And yeah. I, yeah, of course, hey, it's a possibility. Hey. Yeah. Or, but that's the experience I felt. You know what I'm saying, dude? The same thing fucking goes for like dreams and other shit sure. too. And like, yeah, maybe it was my imagination, yeah. or maybe this actually happened. You know. But you know that's, what? Yeah. Great stories. It is it's <laughs> great it's stories. Amazing stories. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you can take those people back to that same exact area. You know, at twilight. Oh like, wow. Good luck, bitches. Yeah. Let me know how it goes. I love life. Twilight, dude. Twilight's yeah. my favorite time of fucking day. When, like, the sun's down and yeah. the whole earth is covered in that pink mm-hmm. hue. It's a great time, man. And then you look at it, you're like, shit's about to go down. <laughs> it's about to get real. Real, Let's baby. Let's see what happens. Yeah. yeah, no, I agree. I think it's a very unique, unique time. And, again, that goes back to, like, my whole appreciation of nature. Like, Twilight's a very special time when the whole... Well, that section of the earth is covered in this really beautiful pink hue. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's awesome. No, I agree. It's really awesome. Dude, I think that's amazing. Yeah, I'm I'm curious. Like, of all the conversations tonight, I'm super curious about what happened there, you know? And then it makes me even more curious about, like, lucid dreaming and actual projection and, like, shit that we were talking about yeah, before, yeah. before we came here. I, mean, I don't know, man. It's super interesting. I mean, you might chalk it up to, like, my mind's doing something, and that's fine. You yeah. can chalk it up to that. Yeah, I, of course. I'm not going to argue with that. Yeah. But the mind is an incredibly powerful thing. Extremely powerful. And yeah. one example I will give is a placebo effect. Yeah, 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 the placebo effect. Yeah. It's a documented effect. Yeah. Where your mind is able to cure you of physical ailments. Right. Without any drugs. Yeah. Wow. And it's also like the nocebo effect too. The nocebo effect yes, is basically yes, yes, like yes. where people can say like you have this problem yeah. even though you don't have it. Hypochondriac. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you're like I have this problem and you actually develop the problem basically based off of like your mindset. That is crazy. Yeah. As Voss would like to say from Far Cry 3. Some of you get that. 
Yeah. Yeah, I'm willing to concede that what I experienced is just in my head. I'm willing to concede that. But the fact is, like, whatever happened, my mind experienced that. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Crazy as shit, man. Crazy as shit. Dude. Amazing. This yeah. was so much fun. Well. We, we hit we hit everything. Did we? Yeah. And we did it in a pretty short time period, too. Awesome. Yeah. Hey, thanks for uh, inviting me. Bro, thanks for coming on. Anytime. We got to do one when we're sober. No. <laughs> Compare. Oh, compare and contrast very that shit. Who who do we send that to to compare and contrast though? That's the question. Like send which which one was quote unquote better? Send it to Paul. Paul will tell us. Fuck Paul. <laughs> Fuck that guy. You bitch, Paul. You bitch. Actually, you know what's funny? I think I had Paul on here before and he said the same shit about you. He was like, Fuck that guy, Eddie. Shut up. I don't think he said it actually. Yeah, Maybe of course didn't. not. He loves me. Yeah, he, he loves me too me. much. Wait, wait, wait. What did Nick say about me? I don't remember, but he he Nick would pro- was probably like oh one hundred percent he would yeah one hundred percent he would. <laughs> what are you gonna say? Oh, fuck, fuck, fuck you, Nick. Guy, Nick. You fuck you, Nick. God damn it, you asshole, piece of shit. I'm gonna send this this episode just to him, just so he can listen to like do. the last the fucking just send just send that last of this audio yeah. clip. How do you feel about this little bitch? <laughs> <laughs> well, Jamal, thanks so much, man. Dude, dude, anytime is a pleasure. Dude, I, I I loved it, man. It was amazing. Anything else you want to say before we head um, on? Love life. Yeah. So hippie, eh? It is. Dude, the name of Loving Life Podcast. Not really original, but that's what it is. I love it. All right, man. Oh, shit. Thanks, people. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it, guys. Take it easy.